0: Welcome to Race Wife Unfiltered with Rachel Thornhill. She's a corporate tech baddie by day, bougie dirt track wife, and crew chief by night. This podcast takes you along for the ride through the ups and downs and left turns only of being a mom, wife, manager, crew chief, and all the titles in between. Hey, hey, hey! Welcome back to Race Wife Unfiltered. I am your lovely host, Rachel Thornhill, and guys, it is episode five. I still can't believe it's it's already been five weeks that I've been talking to you guys. Um, wow, you know, um, this is a huge milestone. So it's been over a month now uh, since I started this podcast, and um, I am loving all the support that you guys are giving me. I appreciate every single one of you that I, that takes the time to listen to my podcast. So, huh, episode five. Um, today, I'm going to talk about perfection burnout. So, this is going to... Touch a lot of subjects is gonna be pretty much from childhood up into adulthood. I am a recovering perfectionist. So um it's been very hard to get out of that whole mentality of trying to do everything perfect or always overachieving. That is something that I've done ever since I was since since I was a child. So Um, I, as a, as a small child, developmentally, I was kind of, um, not hitting milestones like I should have, right? And so when I was put into school, uh, pre-K, I wasn't doing very well. Uh, when they tested me, it was like, oh, well, she's having problems with reading. She's having problems with rhyming words. She's having problems with like all these different things. Right. So, um, I had to work extra hard to be able to just get up to average. Right. Well, once I finally got to that point, I went above and beyond and I look back now and I realize why I did it. So I was always, when I was a kid, I was treated like I was dumb, right? Like I was stupid. Like I didn't know anything. um, Because I didn't do well at first. And because of that, I ended up overachieving. So I, forced myself to be smart, right? Like I was reading books on higher, on a higher grade level. I was, um, reading the encyclopedia, reading the dictionary, reading a thesaurus. I was reading all of this information. So I started to hyper-focus on research, like hyper-focus on learning period. And which I do like learning, but I was forcing myself to learn more than I had to at that age. I mean, come on, like, why should a 10-year-old do, why should a 10-year-old be doing college algebra, right? Like, mm, did I really want to? No, I was doing it because I was just being an overachiever. Um... I was seeking external validation. That's all this was. It was me seeking external validation because I was trying to be this golden child, this perfect child. And see, that was the only downside I had. So like I was the child that was quiet all the time didn't you know i didn't have to be really be looked after i kind of just did everything that i was told to do major people pleaser all of that right and when you grow up in a fear based codependent family dynamic which i know that's what it is now but back then i didn't realize that being the golden child um it's not always actually the best thing Because when you start to fuck up, then shit hits the fan. So me not doing well in school was a major fuck up. So that meant, guess what? Oh, you get punished or you need to try harder or whatever. But it wasn't that I wasn't trying hard. It was that I was struggling to mentally be able to do it because I I had, obviously I had a major struggle, but see, obviously my, my parents didn't know that I was autistic. So they didn't know that I was having problems, right? Um, well, and with it's, it's autism and ADHD. So you put all that together with a child and it's going to be hard for them to be able to focus and concentrate and all of that so but of course um that was one thing that my parents neglected to do was therapy wasn't a thing in our family therapists they would have automatically picked up on a lot of signs about our family dynamic right and one thing about a family dynamic like that Nobody needs to know. Nobody should know because we put on a facade to the public, right? We put on a we put on this face that we're this perfect family and shit. But guess what? We're not. We're supposed to look like a perfect family on the outside. But we've got all these fucking issues on the inside uh, behind closed doors. And that's the, it. That's the problem with it. You are having to live a double life when you are in a fear-based, codependent family dynamic. I'm sure it happens for other family dynamics, but you have to live a double life because you, on the outside, you have to act like, oh, your family's so perfect and everything's good. And like, oh my gosh, like your daughters are so amazing. Or, oh, your parents are the best people. How, you know, I would love to be You know, I'd love to have a mom like you. I'd love to have a dad like you have. Yeah, because you only see the good shit, man. Like y'all are only seeing the good shit, the shit that they want to show people. But y'all are not seeing the shit that goes on behind closed doors. Y'all are not seeing me fucking falling apart mentally because of all the bullshit that goes on behind closed doors. Like that's the issue. And whenever I would sometimes slip up and say shit to people, they would act as if like I'm lying, but that's because that's what's supposed to happen. Because if it's done right, if that dynamic is done right and it's kept together by the people that created it, people will not believe the people that are caught up in the damn trauma, right? And that's what happened. That's why even to this day, me speaking out right now, there's going to be like, if anybody in my family hears this, they're going to say that I'm the liar and that I'm making up shit about my family, even though I lived it and it's my truth and I know exactly what happened and I'm not making shit up because I have no need to make this shit up. Why? Like, why would I want to just air all my dirty laundry out there if it wasn't true? You know, I don't do that shit. I don't I have no need to lie about the things that have gone on in my life. You know, this is my way of being able to put my life out there because you know, it's not just about me. There's so many people that have gone through the things that I've gone through and I want to be a voice for them because what if they've never spoke up? And and them hearing this makes them feel like, "Hey, She's speaking up. Why can't I do it? You know, I do this not just for my own personal therapy. I also do it because a lot of people are afraid to speak out against their families because, of course, we're told blood is thicker than water crap. Right. But that's not even the full. That's not even the the full fucking quote. People cut it off at that point. But the thing is, sure, yeah, your family is supposed to be the main ones that should be there for you. But sometimes your family are the assholes. Sometimes your family are the main ones that don't give a fuck about you. And it's other people that you choose to be your own family that actually give a fuck more than the than the, ba- than the people that gave birth to you. Like, I hate to say it, but that's why I seek so much external validation from other people is because I wasn't getting the love that I deserved at home. I wasn't. They might say that they loved me, but damn, the way you showed it, that didn't feel like love. It sure as fuck didn't. So in my mind, I had to seek love from other people. Okay, because I seek love from other people. Unfortunately, I seek l- love from some of the wrong people. But obviously, I'm not going to go into all of that. But it does it does contribute to my burnout because with me trying to seek external validation of love from my parents, that's why I overachieved. That's why I was constantly trying to get all the awards and get all of this stuff, be in all the clubs and have like this long fucking like resume of shit that I was doing in school to get that validation from them because I wanted them to be proud of me. That is the only reason I fucking lost my shit. By the time I was 18, I was so burnt out on academia period that I didn't want to do it anymore. I really didn't. But in my mind, the only way I knew out of the area that I grew up in, and also leaving my parents home, my, my way out was going to college out of state. So that's why I busted my ass so much, was because I wanted to make sure I had good enough grades and the perfect college resume and perfect college application so I could go out of state and never come back. That was literally exactly what I wanted to do with my life. So this this was my plan. I'll break it down for you guys. My plan was. I applied to Harvard in eighth grade because at that time and like like I said in a previous episode, I don't know if this has changed, but back then there was a four year waiting list, right? So in order to be able to go to Harvard for my freshman year of college, I had to apply in eighth grade. I applied in eighth grade, you know, working on my grades, making sure everything stays good. You know, I got accepted, got accepted to Harvard in the pre-law program. I mean, fuck, Who wouldn't be happy about that shit? I mean, I was fucking ecstatic. I'm like, all right, this is fucking awesome. But what happens? My parents tell me I can't go. Right? Mm -mm. No, you got to stay here. You got to go to UL here in Lafayette. Right? I didn't want to go to UL. Not even close. Like, I didn't even put UL as any of the colleges that I wanted to go to. Everything was out of state. Harvard was first. Second was Pepperdine. Third was Stanford. Those were the only places I wanted to fucking go. I didn't want to go anywhere else. I was trying to get the fuck out of here. Like I wasn't trying to stay because after everything that I had gone through, you know, um, and some of you, the paid subscribers would know about this because I talked about it in a, in a paid subscriber episode, But um, after after all the turmoil I went through during my high school years, I didn't want to be anywhere near. Lafayette, period, I wanted to fucking leave and go as far away from there as possible It cut cut all ties with everybody. I I just did not want to be anywhere near any of this shit anymore. Like, I was so fucking fed up. So, yeah, I mean, me working that hard was really just an escape. That was the only reason why I worked so hard in school was to get away from home. Honestly, that was part of the reason why I liked school so much was because it was my escape from home because I didn't have to be at home because I I was able to be in a place where people treated me well and yeah sure I had my I had my fair share of bullying because a lot of kids would bully me because they considered me like the teacher's pet and stuff because I was an overachiever right so I tend so for quite some time I I would normally be the kid that had like a lot of uh you know, awards or I always had like the highest grade in the class or I was always finishing my test first or something. But it got to the point where a lot of times teachers would like use me as like an example to the other children. And I hated that. Trust me, that was not something I liked. I didn't like that at all because unfortunately it... (laughs) It makes other kids feel really bad about themselves, right? Because then they think that they can't amount to whatever I did, whatever I'm doing. Or sometimes it did do the opposite. Like they would push, like work harder, like almost they wanted to be competitive with me. But a lot of times that's that's not how it was. It was actually the opposite and it was very negative towards me because a lot of kids started to resent me because I was making them all look bad. Now, now looking back as an adult, that wasn't my problem that they felt inferior because of me, because I never, I never like said anything to these kids to make them feel inferior. They just projected their own shit onto me, right? Um, I would always tell them, I'm like, they would be like, well, why did you finish your test so fast? I'm like, I I don't know, because I I just knew it. Like, that's it. Like, I, I, I wouldn't really know how to answer them. And then some of them I'll be like, well, like, I can show you, like, what I did. Like, I would even offer to, like, tutor people sometimes, like, if they truly wanted it. But, like, I could show you, like, what I did. But, like, that's all I I can do. Like, I don't really know, like, why I finished faster than you did. Like, I mean, I don't... And see school like that if for me eventually school got easy for a while so like we had moved this would have been um 5th grade the first part of 5th grade i i um went to school in alabama so we had moved from louisiana to alabama and we were living in mobile and the thing is, and I don't know what the education system is like now, but back then when I went, um, and we're talking about early nineties, right? So I don't know. Um, like I can't tell you, um, but the school system in Alabama was actually behind us So the thing is, when I went to school there, I had already learned their material already. So I was bored as hell. I was so bored. But the problem is, like, they thought that I was just like overly smart. So they wanted to put me in like the magnet school. But it was just because Louisiana was ahead. So I had already learned the material already. It wasn't that... I was smarter than all the other kids. It's just that they were just learning the material late. That's it. Um, so they were like making it seem like I was like a fucking genius in this class when really that's not, that wasn't the case. Right. Like I was probably still on the average side, but it was because I knew the material already. Cause I had learned it like the year before. Um, And so that that was the whole case. But once we moved back to Louisiana, so we moved back like the last half of my fifth grade year, we moved back. We actually went live uh, by my grandma, Uh, like we lived right next door to my grandma and over there, like I actually started to struggle a little bit because obviously Louisiana was ahead, right? So whatever they had learned the first half of the year, I didn't know because where, I mean, the curriculum in Alabama was different and we were behind like a whole year, right? So I had learned, I hadn't learned anything new. So I was behind. And because of that, that I was having to try and catch up and do the new material. So I was struggling. I was struggling really bad. Um, It was mainly in math that I was struggling because I I was nowhere near that. Um, And unfortunately, that was the first time that I had ever gotten lower than a B in any class. So... I had gotten principal's list, which is straight, you know, straight A's because it depends on where you live because not everybody calls it the same thing. Principal's list is straight A's where we are. And then honor roll is A's and B's, right? So I got principal's list up until fourth grade pretty much every year, up until fourth grade. And so fourth grade was my last year that I got principal's list. Fifth grade was... Um, well, I got principal's lists in Alabama, right? I, I did fine. But when we moved to Louisiana, back to Louisiana, I didn't. So that was the first time that I had ever, like, not gotten an award. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to lie. My parents were fucking pissed because I had a D in math. But I was also trying to catch up because I didn't know any of the material. And... I mean, it was frustrating because I got like chastised so badly over my grade. And it's like, man, like I've been doing this well for so long. And then I make one grade that's and then the thing is, I was able to bring up the D anyway, eventually. It's just that at that time, that's what I got. But it's the fact that I got one D and it was like the end of the fucking world, y'all. Like, seriously, like I mean, I was treated like a fucking criminal. Over my grades and see, and that's the thing. Like, I realized that as an adult, that grades don't mean shit. It just means that you don't do well on tests because I'll be honest, like. Memorizing for tests is bullshit. It really is like tests don't prove anything. Because a lot of kids can do horrible on tests, but they're smart as shit. Like, they're smart as hell. And that that was the issue. I had done bad on some math tests. That's all. That's all it was. But, you know, it's like the education system fails some children. And to be honest, it failed me because... They thought I was just so smart, right, that I just fell through the cracks. But I really needed resources because when I say I was busting my ass behind the scenes to be even be able to make the grades that I was making, I mean, I was putting myself through like emotional, like mental fucking hell to be able to make the grades that I made. I wasn't doing this that easy. No, I was fucking forcing myself to fucking learn this shit. I was pulling all nighters. I was doing all every kind of shit. Loading up on fucking coffee. Doing all that shit. Tutoring sessions. I, I did all of that shit because I needed the one-on-one help. But the problem is is that it wasn't really given to me. I I I tried my hardest. Um but most of the time I just wanted to try and do things on my own. But sometimes that didn't work, you know? Um And I mean, now I tend to try to do a lot of stuff on my own um, and not really get help. And I try to research shit on my own and figure it out and it helps. But then there's times where I'm like, no, I need the extra help. Like, I can't figure it out. You know, I kind of know, like, what my limit is now. But back then as a kid, you don't really know. Right. Like, you try your best, but. You know, you you look you look to adults for help and I wasn't getting the help I needed because I fell through the cracks. I should have had 504 classes or some type of resource classes or something like that, but I I didn't because I was just barely getting by, right? Like I was just barely making it seem like I was a neurotypical person. Because I masked for so long, right? That people literally thought I was neurotypical until they started to talk to me and like my personality to them was just fucking weird as hell. And they're like, oh, oh no, she's weird. Like sum up with that girl. Like she weird as fuck. Because I wasn't a neurotypical person and I was masking as a neurotypical person when it came to academia. But I realized that that only further damaged me because it damaged me when I got out into the real world, like with jobs and stuff, like I hyper-focus on things, right? So I'm fucking good at my jobs. Oh, hell yeah. Get all the fucking promotions, all this shit. I mean, just my job that I currently have right now, I've been promoted like four fucking times, like no lie, like where I started out as a project manager, now I'm the customer customer relationship manager over, and I'm over the onboarding department of a of a tech company, and we're talking about not some small tech company. We're talking about Inc. Um, what is it? An Inc. One thousand company? Yeah, like well, you know, we're talking about big fucking time in it, right? It's not some small ass company, but that's the thing. I've always overachieved in shit. And I even did it in the corporate world. And I still do. But to a certain extent, like now where I'm at, I'm good where I'm at. Do I want to move up from where I'm at? No, I don't. I'm good in the corporate world where I'm at right now. You know, I don't want to move any higher. I am a manager, right? I'm a, I am have a team, but I don't. I don't want to move up any further. I'm done. Like, I'm not really quiet quitting. I know that's what a lot of people are saying, but in a way I do. Like, my my shift is from 7.30 to 3. I'm telling you, my ass is off that clock at 3 o'clock. I don't, I don't fucking play. And I don't let my team stay over either. Oh, 3 o'clock? Bye. Like, y'all better be the fuck off line. Because the thing is, we have no reason to work overtime because my department, it, it doesn't work that way, right? So I don't want you working overtime and stuff. I used to do that all the time. Like other jobs, like pre, like before that, I, There's there'd be times where I stayed late. I always was taking on more work than what I needed to. I was always the, you know, People pleaser. Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. Oh yeah, no, I can do that. And I would never put my foot down. I would never set boundaries with people. That that was something that I never even did as a kid. I wouldn't set boundaries with people. I over I overshared. I never I never set boundaries. People would step all over me, and I would just let it happen. So I was easily like manipulated. All that stuff. And now as an adult, I'm having to train myself to not let that happen anymore. Um, and when I say train myself, like y'all, I just started putting boundaries in place about two to three years ago and I'm 36, right? So we're talking about, I've only started doing this at 32, 33 that I've started to actually be like, Hey, no, I got to stop people pleasing. I got to start putting boundaries, putting me first and shit. Y'all that's too damn late to be, to be doing that. Yes. I'm grateful that I'm doing it now, but I'm sorry. At 32 years old, I shouldn't have been, I shouldn't have been still people, people pleasing. I still shouldn't have been, you know, seeking external validation for people. I shouldn't have been worried about climbing the corporate ladder at 32, right? Like I should have been where I truly wanted to be. So like where I'm at right now, I'm happy as a person because I've grown so much. But the thing is, this was never the path that I was supposed to truly take, right? Like if you go back, So, like, my path, I was supposed to be a lawyer. Like, that's what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to be a lawyer that majored in criminal law. Like, I was supposed to major in criminal law, like, and be a prosecutor. That's what I wanted to do. But, you know, obviously, life changes, things change, your interests change, and stuff. Now, law has never changed. I love law. now. For me, though, it's not criminal law anymore. I like business law. So, like, if I would have went back to law school, right? If I would have went to law school, I would have actually major. Like, I would have went into like, I would have went into business law instead. And the reason why I would have done that is for a specific reason. We have too many people these days, and. And that's not and now if you like the corporate world and you love being like working in the corporate world, good for you. Like, I'm not I'm not hating on people that like being in the corporate world. Okay, but there's a lot of people that are in the corporate world and don't want to be in it. They're only in it because they were forced to do it because society tells them that that's what they have to do to be able to survive in this motherfucker. Let's be real. Right. Like, what were we told? And like, and this depends on what generation you come from. Okay. So I'm an elder millennial, right? Um, Gen X, I don't know if this applies to them. I'll be honest. I have no idea. But I know my, my husband and I are elder millennials. Okay. And I could tell you, we were pushed to go to college. It was the end all be all. You have to go to college. You have to get a degree and you have to go get a good job in the corporate world to be able to make it in this society. That was so harped on. It's unreal. I mean, we had fucking colleges showing up at our high schools, like fucking trying to recruit us. Right. I mean, it was constant. It was either that or the military. That's pretty much what everybody made it seem like. To the point where trade schools were considered, oh, oh, if you go to a trade school, like like you obviously didn't have the grades or you weren't good enough to get into college, to get into a university, right? Which is stupid because that's not true. But the thing is, they gave such a bad stigma to technical colleges that now, guess what? We don't have enough blue-collared people like people that work in blue collared positions and we're struggling as a society because we, do we have enough truck drivers- Mm-mm. you know why because truck driving school that's a trade right do we have enough electricians plumbers you know um H, H HVAC people do we have enough people doing all that no. Do we have enough welders? Do we have enough, you know, pipe fitters, all that? No, we don't. Why? Because trades have been made a stigma. They were made a stigma for so long that now those positions are hurting. They have more positions than they have people. And that's why, like, I told my kids, I said, look, there's nothing wrong with a trade. My husband went to truck driving school. You know, I know because he was going at night while we were, you know, we were together already and had our kids and stuff. And there was, he would go right after work and he went and got and did that. And he got his CDL, you know, and now my husband, you know, works for a Fortune 500 company as a dispatcher for them. Right. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, He was able to make it into the corporate world with what he got because he used to be a driver and he had the experience and they gave him the chance. And now he's a dispatcher for a fortune 500 company. You know, like the thing is there's not enough people that do it that, you know, there's not enough people in trade, but see, I was, I was also discouraged because I, I mean, after the whole oh I can't go to Harvard thing, I just kept switching majors all the time. But I was told I need to go into the medical field. Huh? I didn't want that. I didn't want to be a doctor. I didn't, hell no! Like that wasn't something I wanted to do. But maybe in a people please or what did I do. Oh, I guess I'll go into pre pharmacy because I don't want to deal with people. Because like y'all, I have a serious problem with people touching. Like touching people. Like people that I don't know. Like that, Mm-mm. like that, dealing with blood and all that kind of shit. No, like, so I couldn't have been a surgeon, nothing like that. So I'm like, eh, nah, Um, I guess I'll go to ph- I'll go to pharmacy school. I am still medical, you know, but at least I'm just like dealing with medicine all day. Right. But then I realized medical field. I was like, nah, medical field was never for me anyway. And to be honest, like for some people, that's that that's what they want to do. But I never wanted to be in the medical field. Law was always my thing. Law was always what I wanted to do. But then I was like, obviously, I can't do that. But then I was like, if I had to be in the medical field, but I kind of want to do like law and like risk management type stuff, things like that. I looked into health information systems like, you know, health information management, my bad. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I could do that. Like, that seemed kind of okay. But then I was like, I really don't want to do the medical field, period. So then I went into education. So I went for uh, middle school. So middle school education, because I didn't want to do high school, but then I didn't want to do extremely little kids, right? I kind of wanted to do adolescence, like in between there. So I went for middle school education and minored in mathematics because I really wanted to be a math teacher, like over anything, right? If I was going to go to school for education. So I was like, I guess I'll do that. Like, you all I couldn't make up my fucking mind in college because to be honest, like now that I think about it, college was never really for me in the first place. I was just doing it because it's what everybody told me to do. Really? Honestly, it's because I was so afraid of failing as an artist. So I loved art. Art was my favorite thing in the world to do. I wanted to be an architect. I'll be honest. Like, I wanted to do art. Like, just be an artist. Like, but I liked architecture as well. So I thought about it and I was like, man, like, I kind of want to be like an architect, you know, but it was in the art, right? Yeah, I know architecture is kind of within engineering as well, but, you know, it still has that art aspect to it. Well, the issue with that was. um, eh, Art, y'all know, art majors and stuff, people like that, they get like a major fucking stigma thrown on them. Because at first I wanted to just do art. Like, it wasn't a joke. But then I was like, oh, well, yeah. Like, I kind of want to be an architect. Because, like, I like houses. And, like, I want to build houses and shit. But, like, you know, I want to build, like, the, do the blueprints and shit. Like, I I like that. And the reason why is because, like, my dad used to do that. Like, when he, when he would build houses, like, he would make his own blueprints. And I thought that shit was so cool because a lot of A lot of builders, you know, they hire like their own architects and stuff. But my dad didn't do that. My dad did everything himself. He drew everything. He drew exactly what the house was going to look like. He drew all the blueprints, all that shit. Like, and I thought that was so amazing because my dad didn't go to college for architecture. Like my dad didn't even finish college. You know, so I thought that was so cool because I was like, man, like, I like that shit too. Like, that's who I get my artistic ability from is my dad. So I was like, you know, I kind of want to do that. But then they were like, no, nah, you didn't go in the medical field. The medical field's stable. See, that's the problem. I get it. I get the medical field's stable. But guess what? People need houses, people always need a place to live. So architecture is just as stable, right? And then I don't, I'm not limited to just residential. I could have done commercial too, right? There's always businesses that need buildings and shit, you know? So I was like, I could have done all that, but it is what it is. Um, But my dad did it without, without a degree. He did all that shit. He built a construction company, man. Like all that shit that, you know, with no degree. And my dad did well for himself. I mean, you know, he he's pretty much retired now, but still like, you know, he. He built a a massive like construction company. I mean, my dad was doing well and he had, you know, he had crew and everything. And it's like, man, like and that's what inspired me to want to be an entrepreneur, that's why I wanted to be an entrepreneur because to be honest, I saw my dad thriving and shit, but we were discouraged to become entrepreneurs because of how hard it was because of the struggle and they didn't want, they didn't want to struggle. And I get that. But at the same time now, the whole spectrum of becoming an entrepreneur is different, right? Cause we've got the internet. We don't have to, we don't have to worry about word of mouth and all that shit I mean yes, you still should have word of mouth as a marketing you know aspect, but it's not the only part of your marketing plan, right? You have other things that you can do now. You don't have to just re- rely on the phone book and the newspaper and that's it, right? Cuz back then that's all you had. You had to put ads in like a newspaper or like in the phone, in the yellow pages, all that shit. Obviously We're dating. I'm dating myself that or like you have to go to the post office and send out flyers and shit right to people's mailboxes. That's it. That was all you that's all you could do back then. Right. So or, you know, put ads on TV or radio. So if you couldn't afford to do any of that, then you had to mainly focus on word of mouth. Well, that's the thing. Now you don't have to do that because you also have social media as well. Social media m- literally changed the whole entire adver- advertising, you know, industry because now you can do Facebook ads and Twitter ads and fucking Instagram ads and all this other shit. Right? You know, like, there's so much you can do now that you can do. Uh, pay per click, right? With AdSense, like Google AdSense, and all that stuff. Like you can you can do so much. You got YouTube that does ads and everything. Shit, Spotify does ads. You know, you can do that. Hulu does ads that you can pay for. Like, so there's so much shit that you can do now that you really have no limits. And so I think that's why, like, I feel now is the time for me to step completely out of my comfort zone and become an entrepreneur. Now, does that mean that I'm going to leave my corporate job? Not right away. Because the thing is, I yes, okay, I still want to have stability for now, right? Like, I still have bills to pay. I've still got a roof to keep over my kids' heads. I've got Shit, that I've got to pay for. And until Race Wife Unfiltered and all the other business ventures that I plan on doing, because I'm just one of those multi passionate people that can't stick with just one thing, but that's okay because I love it. Like I'm good with it. Until all of that brings in enough revenue for me to justify quitting my job, I'm not doing it. Right? I need to be making at least so many. Months worth of my expenses before I would do something like that, before I would just up and quit. So I'm not doing that. This is a side hustle for now. Do I, is that my goal to make this my full time income? Absolutely. And it is on my vision board. Cause y'all, I do vision boards. Vision boards uh, is literally how I manifested this house that we live in right now. Cause I put this house on that vision board that I did. And we got this house, you know, like I everything that I have put on vision boards, I've gotten or I've gotten something better, right, every single time, and to be honest, I stopped doing it because I' stopped doing it for a while, but if it's all because of fear, like that's literally what this whole perfection thing is about. It's the fear of failing, right. It's the fear of failing and the fear of it not being perfect. But the thing is, we have to get out of that mentality and it's like done is better than perfect, right? It's better to have a finished product, but maybe it's not perfect because guess what? Nothing is perfect. Perfect perfection does not exist in this world at all. We are not perfect. Humans are flawed, right? We have flaws. None of us are perfect at all. Shit. AI is not perfect. Like, you know, I don't I don't care how much they try to make robots and AI and shit. None of that shit's perfect. There's still flaws because a human created it. And humans are not perfect. So guess what? Nothing in this world is perfect. But everything that you create is your perfection. So let me explain that. Everything that you create is the per- It's perfect for you, right? Because it's what you personally created with your own bare hands or with your mind, whatever. The thought process that you put into creating that product, that is perfection, okay? It doesn't mean that the product is perfect, like perfect, perfect by... Sp- society standards, I guess, but it's perfect for you. It's what you needed to create at that time, right? It was divine timing, right? So that's what you need to look at it as. What you do is everything that you create and everything that you do is done in divine timing. This was that moment in time that you were supposed to do that damn thing, right? Now, what happens after that? mm, You never know. Could that product fail? Maybe. But guess what? You learn lessons from that failure, right? But if you never fail at something, you never learn lessons. If you never fail, you never learn. Because growth happens from bad and good, from duality. Duality is what creates growth. You cannot have all good and no bad. But you also can't have all bad and no and no good either. It works both ways. Duality is what creates growth. And that is why we're here. That's why we are Earthside, period, right? Is because we are here to grow as human beings, because our souls chose to be here. Our souls came here to learn. Our souls chose chose our human vessels, our skin okay, to be whoever we were, whoever we're supposed to be right now, to learn lessons because we're not perfect. We are never we're supposed to be. So I do want y'all to take from this that that's why perfectionism is bullshit. It's fucking bullshit, okay? It's not real. Perfectionism is not real. It is just Something. It's just a coping mechanism that we put on ourselves because we don't want to fail because we're scared. We're scared. We have the fear of failing. And the thing is, like, y'all, I've been reading this one book, and it's called "Fear Is My Homeboy" by Julie uh, Judy Holler. And I'm telling you, like, I've had this book for a while, but I'm really bad about reading books because I have like. My TBR, and for anybody that doesn't know what that means, TBR is to be read list is fucking long. And the reason why is because I have a serious addiction to buying books, but then I don't read them right away. So I have all these books, but they sit. Sometimes they'll even sit for years because I just want to have this massive collection of books because like so as a kid did like Disney princesses were my favorite thing in the world and Belle was one of my favorites. Okay. And I'm not going to lie. The, the beast, his library was major fucking goals. Like the fact that, that, that he gave her that library, like she was able to be in that library. Now, yes, of course, I know that she was kidnapped and trust me, I don't like that shit. And I'm not, and I'm not, uh, happy about that, but that library, if a man would have gave me a fucking library like that, I would have married him in a fucking heartbeat. But anyway, like that is what made me love books. Like I I already loved books so much as a kid. But when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's the goal is to have like a massive fucking library where I have like a, I have a ladder in my library that fucking rolls around and I can just swing across it and stuff. Like that's that's like a dream. And so I have like so many books in my house, it's ridiculous. Like it's to the point where like my husband is like, "You literally don't have room for any more books in this house." Like, and it's true. I have filled up pretty much all of my bookshelf. I had a I have a bookshelf. I have two bookshelves in my living room. I have a bookshelf in my office. I also have like, like my nightstands full of books. I also have like other tables and like coffee tables and stuff that are full of books. Like I have books everywhere. Um, and I'm not getting rid of them. Like I might go through them and see if there's any that I want to get rid of. But like, I doubt it because I'm, I'm just, I just hoard books. But anyway, <laughs> um, so. So, yeah, I, I just think that book, I so recommend that anybody reads it. Fear is my homeboy, because she talks about how fear we need to make fear our best friend. And the reason why is because when you make fear your bre- your best friend, fear will never will never like take over. Because you'll be so focused on other shit going outside of your comfort zone that fear will not stop you. Pretty much you need to do shit scared because anything that you do scared is outside of your comfort zone and that's where you need to be to be able to level up, right? Because everything that we want in life is outside of our comfort zone. But see, fear is part of our subconscious, subconscious mind and our subconscious mind Wants to keep us safe, right? Which now, some fear is needed. Because if we didn't have if we didn't have any fear at all, some of us would be jumping off the fucking cliffs, some of us would be killing, like literally, like just unaliving ourselves doing stupid shit, right? So you do need to have some fear. But when your fear is so crippling to where you don't do anything because you feel like if you do something, like For example, me not wanting to start my own business because I'm scared that I might fail, that I might not be good enough, that, you know, all these limiting beliefs. If I keep thinking that way, I'll never do it, right? And that's fear. That's all this negative fear that's keeping me from doing what I truly want to do. So if I let fear get in the way, then I'll never do it. But see, I'm not letting fear get in the way. I'm not. I I wanted to do this podcast, right? And I've been consistent with it. Cause that's one of my words for twenty twenty three. So um and I did mention this in a in a video that I did. You know, that's on my Substack. Um if you guys haven't watched it, uh I did it for my new year for it was for New Year's. So one of my words is consistency. And so consistency obviously that meant this podcast because My last podcast, which I did mention in a previous episode, that was back in 2019 that I started, I did not stay consistent with it. I didn't. Like, I didn't do everything that I needed to do. Like, I just gave up on it. But with this one, I've been coming out with an episode every single week. And you guys know that I come out with an episode every single week because you see that I post about it on social media. You see that I post about it on Facebook, you know, Um, and I've been consistent and I've been doing it every single week on, on Thursday and I haven't missed one. I haven't missed one episode. Now, does that mean that I'm going to miss any episodes later on down the line? I would hope not, but you never know. Life happens, right? Things can happen. And so, um, I could, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to stop, right? No, I'm going to keep going. Because, like I said, that's the only way to be consistent. I have to be consistent with this podcast if I want it to grow. And it's not going to grow if I don't stay consistent. So I've got to do it. And then the other word I had was introspection. So obviously, that meant that I needed to really grow as a person, right? Going within and realizing that the only person that can stop me now is me, right? Right? Like, I'm an adult now. I have no excuses. I can't blame my parents for not, you know, for me not doing the things that I want to do in my life. I can't blame anybody. It's me. I'm the only person that's holding me back if I choose to hold myself back. But I'm not going to hold myself back anymore because I know that I have to do it scared. Like, y'all, I'm being real. I hate talking in front of people. I'm scared out of my fucking mine. Like just the fact that I know that you guys are going to hear my voice, like, you know, on this podcast scares the fuck out of me. You know why? Cause like when I was like, I used to have this fear about my voice. Like I hated the sound of my voice. I hated the sound of my own voice. I hated it so much that I was like, when I would replay shit, like replay, like what I record or record or replay, you know, anything, like even if it was a video or something, I would cringe at what my voice sounded like. And I still do. I still cringe. That's why like now um, when I uh, like after I've recorded a podcast and I go back and listen to it because I do I take like notes from it like certain quotes and stuff. So I'll take, you know, and I just kind of go back make sure that I didn't fuck up like saying shit. Like, cause sometimes, um, I might've like lost my train of thought, uh, but I don't edit. I don't, I do not. That is one thing I will always not do is edit. I don't edit anything. All I do is I just add the intro to the very beginning. I keep everything in. If you hear my dog bark, if you hear sirens in the background, if you hear anything, you're going to hear it. Now, if it gets to be like extreme, right, then yeah, I'll edit it out. But I haven't had that happen yet. So I don't. And I do that for a reason, because the thing is, the whole point of the title is unfiltered, right? shit happens. My life is not edited. Your life is not edited. You can't go back and like edit out shit, right? No. The only way you can do that is on social media. And that's what people do on social media. They edit their lives because you don't see the bad shit. You don't see some of the good shit. You don't see certain things. You only see what they want you to see. But see, if I don't edit my podcast, you get to hear random ass shit that might not have even been a part of this damn podcast, right? But this is me. This is how I think. This is how I process. This is how I talk, you know? And so I don't want, I want you guys to have the authentic me and this is it. If I edit, that's not the real me because that means I'm cutting shit out that you guys are not gonna, you know, hear. And that. That means that I've edited myself and I'm not going to edit myself. Why would I do that? Because if I edit myself, then that means I'm changing myself. I'm changing the way that I speak. I'm changing my whole entire podcast. And that's not, that's not authentic. So that's why I don't do it. Right. And that's also why now that's why I don't play small anymore. Like I'm done playing small. And playing small is because of fear. And my perfectionism was creating that. It was making me be small. So not anymore, guys. Like This is why I've been with you for five weeks now. Is because I'm not playing small anymore. If I was playing small, I would have gave up already. I mean, seriously, I would have gave up. Because my other podcast, I think I made it to three episodes. Three. That's it. After that, I didn't come out with another one. So I've already made it further than I did with my podcast in 2019. And I'm telling you, I am fucking proud of me. I am fucking proud because I like I said, I have actually surpassed a milestone with this podcast because this is longer two episodes longer than the one that I had in 2019. And I didn't quit after episode three, did I? No, I'm still here. So, and I'll, and I will always be here because y'all, we're going to get into the triple, like triple digits. I promise you when we hit 100, I'm telling you, I'm fucking celebrating. And honestly, when I hit 100, depending on how many subscribers I have, I'm telling you right now, like I'm going to do something like I'm going to do something fucking big. Like, I don't know what yet, but I'm gonna do something big and I'm going to make sure that y'all are a part of it because I wouldn't have made it this far if it wasn't for you guys. I wouldn't have gotten over my perfectionism and my fear and all of that without the support that I have. And, you know, it's support from you guys. It's also support from my husband and my kids. Like, that's the reason why I'm here is because I do have the support. But also, I did it mainly for me. You know, I didn't have to have the support. And, you know, and I wasn't sure how much support I would get. I mainly did it for me because I was tired of my voice being silenced. And I wanted to be able to finally speak up because I've hid my voice for way too long. I've hidden my voice all the time. I've held back for way too long because I didn't want to piss people off, you know? Just no, I just want to be that chill person. Like, no, we're not, you know, we're not going to fight. We're not going to we're not going to talk bad about people. We're not going to say none of that. No. Thing is, in order for me to speak my truth, unfortunately, it will hurt some people. Right? It's not that I want to hurt them, and the thing is, I'll be real, I have I have learned to forgive for myself. That does not mean that I fully forgive them. No. Because they still need to be held accountable for the things that they did. But I forgive only for myself because if I don't learn to forgive to do the act of forgiveness, it'll eat me alive, right? So I've only forgiven for myself in order for myself to heal. But it doesn't mean that I forgive those people face-to-face or personally. And that is something that I learned because I didn't know that that meant that I didn't have to accept their apologies. I don't have to, but I have to accept that The things that they did in the past no longer affect me, right? Not saying that it didn't affect me at all. It did, but it no longer affects me. Now I'm an adult and now I have no reason to use that as an excuse to not grow. So I took all of that to make myself stronger as a person. And that is why I'm here. And that's why I'm here with you today. And that is why I will be here for, oh my gosh, I don't even know how many episodes. Who knows? What? Maybe we can get to a thousand? I mean, we'll see. But yeah, I'm going to be here for as long as possible. And I hope you guys stay with me as long as long as you can. And, um, you know, I'll, I'm glad that you guys stayed for all of this. And I will see you guys on next Thursday. It'll be episode six. So take care, guys.